Las Vegas, famous, fabulous playground of the West. A wide open town that never goes to sleep. Vegas! Vegas, baby, Vegas! You're either in or you're out. Right now. My best mates are going to Las Vegas this weekend. I'm told it's incredible. Las Vegas, here we go! <laughs> Pack your bags and get ready. You're going to Vegas with people who know Vegas. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Welcome to Vegas. The Vegas life is all about getting on a roll. For a gambler, there's nothing like the feeling that that winning streak has started. And for entertainers, it's the time when they catch a buzz. A couple of years ago, we introduced you to a group called Juice. They had been featured on the Today Show and were on tour drawing great crowds. And then the pandemic hit. All of us in Vegas remember that. No shows anywhere, casinos with limited hours, attractions shut down. And for Juice, it was really a question of where do we go next? How do we get back on track? Well, they are back with a new album and a new tour schedule, and you'll meet them in just a moment. Also this week, we are back with episode two of Vegas Crime Blotter. This week, Mr. Big takes a look at Frank Sinatra and his Vegas connections. And football expert Upton Bell is back with his picks for this weekend's big NFL games. Finally, your Vegas insider, Scott Robin of VitalVegas.com, is back with the latest Vegas news and tips. Well, they're back. You've been asking a lot about the group juice that was on a couple years ago. We got a lot of great response, and people go, what happened to them? Well, like everybody, not only in Las Vegas, but around the country, the pandemic stepped in the way and kind of slowed things up. But for Juice, they took a bit of a different direction, and I think it's kind of cool. We're going to talk to them about it. And with us today are a couple of the guitarists. We have Michael Richarduli and Daniel Moss. So let's start with you, Michael. First of all, the band, it's not just you two. You guys have a lot of guys. To kind of tell us the makeup of the band. Hey, Steve. Well, firstly, thanks for having us back. Um... We had a fun time last time. The makeup of the band, yeah, it's uh, we've we've got seven guys total, and it's uh, myself, Daniel. The arrangements pretty much two guitars, three vocalists. Um, One of them also plays electric violin, violin in general, and then um, drums and bass. So yeah, we've been together for uh, about eight years now since college. Well, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a great deal that you guys have managed, managed to stay together. And you've actually, uh, this pandemic offered you some opportunities to really get together as a group and kind of take this thing in a different direction. You know, the last time you were on, you were, you were kind of hot. You were on the Today Show. Everything was on a roll. The only problem people had that called up, they got everything right. They loved your group, except they thought you were a boy band. I go, that is not a boy band. <laughs> you guys are not. It might be a bunch of guys, but it's not a boy band. So talk a little, if you would, about what happened when the pandemic hit. I mean, was there a, a, a kind of a fear like, well, maybe this is it. Maybe we just can't go on further because, you know, you kind of, like I say, you get on a roll and it's difficult to take a pause like that. It was definitely a little scary. We've been, so we met eight years ago. <clears throat> that was at the very beginning of college. So we've been, you know, for the last four years since we've been out of college, we've been nationally touring and that's been kind of our, you know, lifeline um, for those, for those years. And then obviously when the pandemic hit, that was, that was taken away. So it was definitely a shift from, you know, here's what we were doing for 
you know, four to six months out of the year that's now all of a sudden gone. So we kind of had to reassess and, um, you know, we turned inwards a bit and we wrote our new project and we did a bunch of music videos. We were kind of living in different Airbnbs. It was kind of sporadic. You know, we'd spend two months here and two months there. And so each of those Airbnbs kind of took part of that process, whether it was, you know, when we were creating the music, um, which was last summer, or, you know, finalizing it, which was winter, and then in the spring doing all these music videos to kind of bring the whole thing together and um, create the visual aspects that, that are that are very essential to the boy story. Um, yeah, there were a lot of different facets, but that's, that's kind of where we turned, you know, because we yeah. didn't, have, didn't have shows. We did some virtual shows and stuff like that, but that's, you know, pretty limited, and that's also, you know, it doesn't take up... Right. months like touring normally did so well but being in the uh airbnb did you get the idea that uh you know what there's not going to be any interruptions or any things we don't expect we can really hunker down and do things that maybe you wouldn't have had the opportunity to do if there wasn't a pandemic so uh, did that kind of help in that regard at least your creativity we've talked about this now in hindsight for for a little bit now but um initially we you know we were obviously super bummed. I remember we were just getting ready to go play South by Southwest in Austin. That was one of our first shows on the tour. And it felt like a a huge um, just roadblock for us that came out of nowhere. We were like, well, we got all this momentum. Um, it's come to a halt now. And so in the moment, obviously it was, it was a huge bummer, but... It's, it was a little bit of a blessing in disguise because we, like you're saying, we really did get to utilize that time. We came up with a plan. We we were all at home for um, a, yeah. a little while, I'd say like four months. And then in the summer, we kind of decided it was safe to meet up again, isolated, like Dan was saying, in some Airbnbs. We were doing like two months stints at a time at individual ones. And we really just, it was the the longest we've been away from each other in eight years because we did go to college with each other and we, we've lived with each other um, since graduating too. So everyone kind of, there was this creative resurgence. Everyone had been working on their own ideas and also we were just stoked to make music again together. Well, you guys come up with this new project. It's called Boy Story. And you got a couple of singles out already about that. I'm kind of interested in that whole process. Daniel, tell us, was there a particular type of sound? Did you want to change the sound you had from before? Uh, It it sounds to me like, uh, I love your music, but it sounds like this is a little more developed. It's a little more, I I won't use the word mature, but it's really more involved, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think a lot of the changes that happen in our music um, happened pretty naturally. I don't think it's so much that, you know, we kind of sit down and we're like, all right, what's exactly like the sonic landscape of what we want to do? Cause that stuff's pretty abstract. Um, so I guess, you know, some of it kind of happens naturally just being apart from each other. Like Michael was saying, we all, you know, are developing our own ideas at home and we all recording rigs and stuff like that. So I think when we came back, you know, we were lucky enough to have a place where we could play live. Um, like in our, in our house. Um, so, you know, that was, and had always been a a big part of our sound. And, but I think also, you know, like we weren't, we weren't going to a studio because a lot of them were closed for 
COVID and also, you know, we weren't making, making a ton of money because touring, touring was gone. So a lot of, I think our sound was influenced by the fact that we were producing ourselves, um, with the help of a good buddy of ours, Dean Gray, um, in our house. So, you know, it gave us a little more time to spend with the individual recordings of the songs than opposed to when we used to be, you know, going into the studio. Yeah. Um, and I think it also kind of forced a bit of understanding as to how to produce, you know, ourselves and um, all that. So, you know, that influences it a lot, too, just kind of what you have at your disposal. Like your your, your music's going to change as, as your life changes. Um, but yeah, I don't, you know, I don't think we were like, this is the exact thing we want to do. I think we came together and we had some ideas and, you know, we kind of started to see like, okay, this is, this is kind of where collectively our mind is at. And this is starting to sound cohesive. And then, and then as the process goes along, you have those conversations as like, okay, you know, what fits together, what feels like a, a, an energy that's captured, you know, a little differently within these songs, but it's still trying to really get at one singular Back with more from Daniel Moss and Michael Ricciarduli of Juice in a moment. Just a reminder, please visit Vegas Never Sleeps online. For the best in Vegas, it's VegasNeverSleeps.com. And for great sports, it's Sports R-A-C-X, which is available on radio stations nationwide and wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Sports R-A-C-X. It's short for Sports Rock and Tours, and later today on Sports Rock and Tours, you'll meet America's foremost sports sculptor, Brian Hanlon. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Manchie, coast to coast on the Talk Media Network. What if every dollar you invested into your training program turned into $30 of revenue? What if your learning program was so engaging that your employees looked forward to annual trainings? And what if you could monitor the success and effectiveness of your curriculum with quantifiable metrics? Go to training.epsilonxr.com. E-learning has made each of these scenarios possible, utilizing tools such as virtual and augmented reality, simulations, and online instructor-led training provides a safe environment for employees to learn at their own pace. Go to training.epsilonxr.com. Here at Epsilon XR, we have 50 years of experience in creating powerful and effective training programs. We combine proven training methods with cutting-edge technology to create immersive training experiences. Are you ready to take your training program to the next level? Go to training.epsilonxr.com. Training.epsilonxr.com. Have your collectibles taken over your house? Well, maybe it's time for those treasures to find a new home. And I've got just the place to help you do that. The place to go is Baseball Cards and Bobbleheads, where they are always buying. Baseball Cards and Bobbleheads has over 35 years of experience buying collections of sports cards, memorabilia, bobbleheads, toys, action figures, comic books, Hot Wheels, Star Wars, movie posters, and more. If you've collected it, there's a good chance they'll buy it. No collections are too large or too small. Call Baseball Cards and Bobbleheads at 310-534-4180 or text them pictures of your collection. That number again is 310-534-4180. That's 310-534-4180. Baseball Cards and Bobbleheads, 310-534-4180. 
You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. You are listening to Daniel Moss and Michael Ricciarduli of the pop group Juice, whose music has been described as an exhilarating showcase of alt-rock fueled by punchy lyrics, incendiary guitars, and manic vocals. I love the concept of not being in the studio because it strikes me as because you don't have the, it's expensive to be in the studio and you're limited and you got to be in and out and get exactly what you want there. Here you could kind of, uh, and you had the time too, uh, maybe you didn't want that, but you had more time. Is it a situation mm-hmm. where you can kind of really, you're polishing it and polishing it and making subtle changes and so forth and really develop the song more than you could under the uh previous situation yeah i i think i think in a lot of ways yes um it is because you know a lot of times we'd always make demos when we were going into the studio but i think what was different was when we were you know in that time we would have been making demos normally we were working on stuff recording stuff that was actually going to make it into the final track you know it wasn't Mm -hmm. like we were like doing scratch guitars and then when we go into the studio, it's like, okay, well now we're going to redo everything because we have all this equipment and we want it to sound like this and whatever. And so the stuff that gets on the final track is actually just from a 12 hour, 24 hour segment. Um, I think you're exactly right. That, that, that is exactly what happened and in, in that it, you know, we were, we were working on those final tracks for a long time and we had the ability to, you know, go back and, you know, sit with it for a while, go back and say, eh, actually maybe not this, let's try this. Like, mess around with tones, mess around with, you know, digital effects and all that type of stuff. So, yeah. Well, and Michael, seven guys, uh, you know, it's hard enough with bands of three and four people. With seven guys, uh, do you get a lot of, almost more input than you can use? Uh, you know, how, how do you guys settle stuff like that? I mean, that's a big group. Yeah. No, it is. It. Uh, I think it's funny because, you know, we were all in bands growing up and stuff and like groups, but, nothing super serious and so this is kind of at least for me i don't want to speak for everyone else i think everyone else feels this way to an extent but this is kind of like all that i know the the workflow the way things work the um just the the synergy between all the guys so yeah it is more involved sometimes dealing with um the tricky one i think the biggest one that we always run into is what are we going to record because there's so many ideas of just such an influx of creative energy at all times that in great ideas that um, we just don't know what to record next. So, and eventually stuff kind of falls into place and this song fits with this song and Hey, this is uh, kind of the same color and same energy, although maybe it's different, but in a good way. So there's a lot of that going on, but um, people always ask that question and there's kind of an assumed negative connotation that comes with it, but there's this really positive thing in addition, which is, you know, there's just, it's so stimulating and there's so much good. You're you're just pulling from this well of, of pure, you know, creative energy that really just kind of pushes everyone else. And you guys have been friends for a while now. Uh, Is that, has there been any, uh, difficulties with that or you guys just had the kind of relationship where if a problem gets up you can easily solve it and so forth because you know sometimes that can be an issue in the world of music and that's always a hard part for groups 
Right. I think something that does really go a long way is we genuinely do care about each other, like, deeply. Um, we met as friends in college, so it's not like we were, it's not like someone put out an ad on Craigslist and right. said, hey, I'm looking for a guitarist or looking for a singer. So there's a, at the, at the bedrock of it, there's a, there's a genuine brotherhood, and um, that's really important because that's kind of at the root of the band and how we create, and even when we get into it, obviously there's, you know, stuff that, that comes up creatively or, Hey, like, you know, I'm hearing it this way. You're hearing it this way. What's, you know, what, what are we going to do? But, you know, at the end of the day, it's, we, we work through that stuff pretty, pretty well, I'd say. More with Daniel Moss and Michael Richarduli in a moment. Time now for episode two of our new regular feature, Vegas Crime Blotter with Mr. Big. Time once again to bring in Mr. Big as he presents Vegas Crime Blotter, a look back at the history of Vegas and the mob. Well, Mr. Big, I want to talk about another Mr. Big from the world of music, Frank Sinatra. A true man, a true great, to me, one of the best entertainers of all time. A man that really showed what a great place Vegas could be for anybody that wanted to show up, gamble a little, have a nice meal, and be entertained by some of the best singers in the world. That's to me, is Frank Sinatra. But... As we all know that Mr. Sinatra was involved with a with a man band leader called Dorothy, and it was in the best contract in the world. Frank needed to get out of it. Frank had no idea how he would get out of this contract because Dorothy had a reputation of being really mean to some of the people he worked with. So what he did is Frank talked to his boys in the mafia. They simply made Mr. Dorsey a deal he didn't refuse. They basically gave them the offer that either his brains would be on a check releasing Frank Sinatra from his contract or his brains would be. That's to me, it's a way you can get out of a contract. may not be working for you and I, but it certainly worked for Mr. Sinatra. Something else I'd like to talk about, if I may briefly, is the fact that in 1947, in Havana, Cuba, there was a big conference to decide lots of problems going on with the underworld after the Second World War. They brought, they mean the mafia, brought Frank Sinatra to Cuba to sing, for entertain them for a little while. You know, it's hard to do these conferences all day, so it's, what's wrong with a little bit of relaxation, right? So let's have Frank sing for us. This also would be the conference where they decided the fate of Bugsy Siegel. By that time, they knew that not only Mr. Siegel was stealing money from him with the, the building of his casinos in Vegas, but also he had a lot of federal attention drawn to him, Siegel, because of the fact that he was taking so much materials that was supposed to be used to build GI's homes. The federal government was looking closely into this and most likely would have indicted him and others that they could not live with. So as, as Mr. Sinatra was singing to the boys, other people were deciding who would take the hit out on Bugsy. Back to the matter is, we're all lucky that, that Mr. Sinatra did not get on the wrong side of these people, because I think in his turn as well, bad things would have definitely would have happened. And we're going to find out about some things that happened that weren't too great later in northern Nevada, the famous Cal Neva story. That's next week with Mr. Big as he presents Vegas Crime Blotter. But in the meantime, though, you can get his great book, The Life and Times of Frank Ballesteri, The Last Most Powerful Godfather of Milwaukee. And you can just go to Amazon and look him up or look up Wayne Klingman. Thank you, Mr. Big.
when you visit Las Vegas, you're always looking for fun things to do. And I think one thing you got to put on your list is the Neon Museum. It's fantastic. What a way to learn the history of Las Vegas, but by the signs that go back all the way to the 1930s. The lobby, in fact, is a restored shell from the old La Concha Motel. It's a lot of fun. The staff there is incredible. Really unique Las Vegas experience, so you can learn the history and have a blast. Go to neonmuseum.org. That's neonmuseum.org. And just a reminder, don't forget to follow Sports and Tours, which now follows this show on most of these stations. You can also visit Sports R-A-C-X wherever you listen to podcasts. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi nationwide on the Talk Media Network. I'm Bobby Brooks Wilson, and you're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Let's return to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. You are listening to Vegas Never Sleeps. I'm Stephen Maggi, and we are chatting with Daniel Moss and Michael Richarduli of Juice, a group that Billboard magazine says delivers a whimsical dance pop workout. playing your music through the breaks in and out but in addition to the great audio you also have a, a video component which nowadays is very important i mean it, it's it's part of the whole package and i know daniel you uh helped direct that one of them cracked me up because i i read somewhere where you said that you got the idea of um uh, this kind of this uh, comedy and terror You'd been watching a lot of Scooby-Doo cartoons. Uh, how did that? How did that affect you? I mean, is that kind? Is that kind of a thing? Because everybody that talks about when you say Scooby-Doo, we all know what that means. Yeah, I, I mean, we wanted you know. So the song, the song that it goes along with, is girlfriend song, um, which it it some it just kind of felt like we didn't want to have you know a music video that was just like the guy and the girl. You know, you got the girlfriend. Like the song is is pretty directly about a, a romantic relationship. There's there's no getting around that. Um, but yeah, it, it just felt more interesting to have and more fun, honestly, to just have kind of its own unique idea. Um, and you know, we'd had this barn um, in our uh, in Orleans and Cape Cod. We had this barn that we just set up pretty much from scratch the set it was i mean the barn was a concrete floor and a bunch of two by fours and drywall that was all ripped up um so we started from nothing and we just kind of built this boy story set and um you know bought the carpet and painted and all that type stuff um but yeah the, the idea of it to fit with the kind of satirical nature of the song you know the song i think comes from kind of a very manic, over-the-top, sort of ridiculous narratives, or a, a ridiculous narrator. It just felt kind of fitting, the energy of it. Obviously, it's not exactly, it doesn't follow plot-wise, but the energy of it and the, you know, goofy satiricalness of it <clears throat> seemed to just mesh very well with well, what the song was trying to do. 
Back with more from Daniel Moss and Michael Ricciarduli of Juice in just a moment. Time now to make your picks for this weekend's NFL games with a feature we are thinking of calling Upton Bell at odds with the NFL. Time for Upton Bell's picks. We do this every week, the NFL picks of the game. You know Upton Bell. He was a scout, general manager, owner, then a journalist. And, of course, he even grew up with the NFL commissioner back in the days when the NFL really developed. Upton, great to have you on. Three really good games you've got to look at today. And let's start. I know you're a big Charger fan. By that, I mean you think that they're uh, one of the top teams right now in the league. They're playing the Browns. Looks like a pretty good game. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, are they due for uh, kind of a hiccup, or they already had that, I guess? No, I don't think so. Um, the Browns really are, are really good. I mean, they've gone from really a laughing stock of the league uh, to really one of the best franchises. And they've got, you know, a, a quarterback that, that I like uh, pretty much. I mean, he's not, he's not tall, but he moves them pretty well, and they've got a very, very good defense. On the other hand, you've got the Chargers and and my favorite quarterback outside of Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert, who, in in my opinion, even though they got back in the game destroyed, uh, the Raiders, I like like him as a quarterback. I like their offense a lot. I like their defense. Joey Bosa is back after being injured. I like the Chargers slightly over the Browns, just Slightly, I think it's like a three-point game, uh, and you you don't know. I mean, I I would not be surprised if Baker Mayfield, who's you know really come into his own, and that Brown defense uh, makes it a very very close game. I say it's a pick'em game, but I am picking the Chargers. They're my team right now, and and they lead that that Western Division. Uh, so let's see what happens. They they beat Kansas City last weekend. Everybody. Kansas City would win, uh, but they they went into Kansas City and won, and that's a tough place to, to win. So basically, that they are my pick, but it's a very narrow pick. Speaking of Kansas City, I know they've gotten some difficulties. They're so expected to win week after week, but uh, I still think they're one of the top teams, and what a great game. They're playing the Buffalo Bills, another team that you watch the AFC East closely, these are like two teams that we will see again in the playoffs. What do you think about that game? I like the Bills. I, 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 I just think, uh, uh, particularly now, we're looking at two top quarterbacks. And uh, the, my, my problem with the Chiefs is that, that basically, that, uh, I think that's a bad defense right now. The Chiefs shored up their offensive line, and, and certainly you can see the, the Chiefs still can score a lot of points. But basically, I, I think their defense is, and, and I think it was showed in the Super Bowl, too, that, that basically Tampa and Brady was able to pick them apart. In the Bills, I, I think they're right there with, with maybe San Diego. I love to still call it San Diego, but <laughs> the, the L.A. Chargers. But, but the Bills are right there. I think they're one of the few teams that really doesn't have any weaknesses. Oh, what they did to Houston. Now anybody can stomp on Houston. Only Jacksonville can't stomp on anybody. But but I, I am picking the Bills narrowly this weekend. 
And I, I think the reason is that they're one of the best balanced team in football. And their quarterback, Josh Allen, has really come along. He, he is so big. He's, he's like, he's even a bigger version of uh, what you see in San Diego and Herbert. Herbert's tall and somewhat slim. The, the Bills QB is basically big, strong, quick, can run. He's like 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, he might have the best cannon in football. So I'm, I'm going, in this case, with the Bills, the Chiefs to lose again. The third and final game we're going to look at, the 49ers and Arizona. Now, Arizona is off to an incredible start, and the 49ers, so far, have been a disappointment. I think Arizona is loaded. I really do. Now, I'm not much for the coach, Cliff Kingsbury, but I, I really do like Kyler Murray. Again, he's, he's a, a short, maybe 5'10", 5'11", quarterback. And, of course, in today's game, most of these guys are now 6'3", 6'4", even 6'5". Uh, but, boy, they, they added some real offensive firepower. And uh, to me, again, they're one of the favorites in the NFC. The 49ers, they look good on paper to late play. And their problem is at quarterback. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy G, was out again with a pulled muscle the other day. And, and what did we see? We had to see Lance in there as a, as a running, somewhat passing quarterback. A rookie. The problem with their team is that, that basically uh, they have a lot of good parts, but who's the quarterback? So I, I do like Arizona slightly in this, uh, but I like their talent, and so I'm saying they will beat the 49ers by three or more points. We'll find out how you did next week. Thanks a lot, Upton. And speaking of sports, make sure to listen to Sports Rock and Tours, which follows Vegas Never Sleeps in most markets. You can also go to Sports RACX wherever you listen to podcasts. Have your collectibles taken over your house? Well, maybe it's time for those treasures to find a new home. Place to go is Baseball Cards and Bobbleheads, where they are always buying. If you've collected it, there's a good chance they'll buy it. No collections are too large or too small. Call Baseball Cards and Bobbleheads at 310-534-4180 or text them pictures of your collection. That number again is 310-534-4180. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Manji, coast to coast on the Talk Media Network. Okay, Sean, we need to talk about our training budget. We're spending almost $1,500 per employee each year. What's the plan? Well, ma'am, 42% of companies are saying that e-learning has led to an increase in revenue. What does that do about the travel expense? E-learning allows employees to learn wherever they are. Then we need to consider the time away from production. I heard that e-learning takes up to 60% less employee time than traditional classroom training. Perfect. Let's find a curriculum company, a development company, a learning management software company. Actually, Epsilon XR specializes in end-to-end learning solutions with tools such as instructor-led training, online classrooms, simulations, virtual and augmented reality, and curriculum development. Get Epsilon XR on the phone. 
Epsilon XR creates immersive learning environments that engage with your learner, resulting in improved information retention, which leads to better performance and ultimately an increase in revenue. Learn more at elearning.epsilonxr.com. Welcome back to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Welcome back to Vegas Never Sleeps. We are talking with Daniel Moss and Michael Ricciarduli of Juice, whose national tour kicks off on October 14th in Cincinnati, Ohio at the Top Cat Club. We're going to tell people where they can find out where you're touring so they can see you and uh, listen to your music. But before we do, one last thing about this, Daniel. As I look at the list of places, uh, some of these uh, I'm not familiar with on the East Coast. But I look at the places you're playing on the West, which you come here right at the beginning of 2022. You talk about the Troubadour in Los Angeles, uh, San Francisco Brick and Mortar, and up and down the coast. And we're hoping to get you out to Vegas. It has to be exciting for you to play in places where uh, some of the people that have played in there are at the biggest level. These are these are places that kind of show that you've made it, right? I mean, you know, to be able to play in mm-hmm. some of these facilities. Yeah, it's it's very exciting. I mean, we have, especially going out to the West Coast, you know, we've really only done a full West Coast tour once, you know, was, you know two years ago or so, that tour that Michael was talking about a minute ago. Um so, yeah, it, I think, you know, going out west is something really special for us because, you know, we've been on the East Coast. We went to school in Boston, and we've been based out here. We're based in, in Brooklyn, New York right now. So being able to be so far from home and still have a ton of people come out, I, I think, means the world. Obviously, you know, Boston and New York, and those are places that we've been able to play for a long time. But the fact that we can, you know, go out and still feel the support in Los Angeles and right. Like at venues that were, uh, you know, ecstatic to be able to be able to play at and hopefully sell out and all that stuff. But, um, yeah, it's, it's tremendously exciting. You know, it makes tour a lot more fun. We always plan that West coast tour in the middle of the winter. So we don't have to deal with the, (laughs) with the Northeast winters, but, um, for many reasons, yeah, it's awesome, and we're you know it's been a very long time, so we're really looking forward to it. Well, we're looking forward to having you out here, and of course in the on the East Coast too. So let's go through all this, guys. First of all, the tour. Uh, where can people find out where you're going to be? Because I know you're starting out in Cincinnati, Ohio, and from there, it's the East Coast, and then in 2022, the West Coast. And uh, I know these will be adding, but how can people find out where they can go and how can they get tickets? So probably can, the easiest way to get tickets is our website, which is it's timeforjuice.com. Um, you can find the whole schedule and all the ticket links will be on that website. And then also, you know, on social media, uh, Juice Band is our Instagram. We have Facebook and all that. So any of those will have all the tour announcements, and then they'll just link you to to, uh, to a ticket link. So. And you said time for yeah, you should Juice. should also check out our. Everything on Instagram is up to date too, and so we post there pretty frequently. Um, and our Instagram username is uh, at band, so there's a good amount of 
content there, videos, uh, tour stuff, all the info you need there too. And you got some good stuff on uh, YouTube as well, right? Because I know people, you know, they hear about this. They go, that sounds good. They've listened to some of the music. They like that. They, they really should see you. Uh, we can find you easily enough on YouTube, can't we? Yep. Yes. Yeah. YouTube's the same deal. Uh, and that's Juice Band, I believe, on YouTube. We're all, uh, there's a bunch of videos up there. And obviously our, our latest music video series, uh, Crisis in Parallel, is out there. Daniel was talking about a girlfriend song and there's three videos up so far and there's episode three is uh, in the works too. So, yeah. Well, I think Brooklyn Magazine said it best when they uh, described you guys as from vintage soul to indie rock to contemporary hip hop. I mean, that says it all and I love music that can kind of go over several genres. So, Guys, we're looking forward to it. And as soon as you find out where you're going to be in Las Vegas, you get back with us and we'll have you on again and make sure people are aware of that as well. Awesome. Thanks so much, Steve. Yeah, Thanks for having great. us. Time once again to chat with your Vegas insider, Scott Robin of VitalVegas.com. Last week, we were talking about new restaurants coming to Resorts World. There are more in the works because at Resorts World, there are going to be 30 restaurants. They are going to have a massive food court. Each, each little uh, cart or kiosk or stand is going to have its own vibe and theme. A lot of Asian uh, choices in the mix. They're going to have a steakhouse in December. It's called Carver Station. No, not Carver. <laughs> What's the name of it? Uh, Carver House? No, Carver Steak? Oh, boy, I don't remember. Anyway, it's so new, even I can't remember the name. Uh, it's from a guy named Sean Christie who's been, like, the king of nightlife in Vegas for years and years. I'll think of it eventually. I'll get back to you on that. Uh, but there... Uh, but the... Uh, yeah, so there's quite a few coming online at Resorts World, and that's, that is going to be the place to work through. If you want a project, try eating it a half, a third of the restaurants at Resorts World in the course of a week. It is going to be over the top. There's a place called uh, Dog House. It's going to be this live entertainment venue. Kind of not. It's not going to be fancy food, but it's going to be just hearty food, live entertainment, good beer, good, you know, that's going to be the go-to place for a lot of Vegas regulars, uh, but they're also going to have the elevated experiences, the fancier experience. Resorts World is going to be the going to be the one to keep an eye on. I think. Are we got to ask? Do we lose any great places because of the pandemic? That, that you, you mentioned Lotus of Siam. That we didn't lose it, but we lost the location. Is there any place else that? You go, gosh, that, that really killed it. No, it was kind of the smaller, mid-level places that really took a hit. And I can't even think of any, because if they, if I knew about them, they were probably super popular. So even if they took a hit, they, they didn't necessarily go away. The biggest hit that Vegas took uh, was buffets. Uh, you know, a lot of people really love their buffets. That is a financial decision that's made under the cover of COVID, uh, because a lot of these companies are just tired of losing money and they're they're just done with subsidizing these buffets so the, if you go to a hotel now and see a buffet that means it was not a money loser the, the yeah. money makers are coming back so you got wicked spoon you got bacchanal uh there's one at the south point today had looked like it had an hour long wait uh that one's probably not making money either uh because that's a loss leader and they most places are not 
willing to do loss leaders anymore. The loss leader era in Vegas is over. And so that's a little bit of a disappointment. But I can't think of any high-profile places that, that went away. Um, there is uh, there were a couple that were rumored to not be coming back, and they're coming back. So that's that's the good news is the successful places weathered the storm a bit better. There are quite a few mid-level uh, and lower-level places that just they never came back. The good news is there were these dire predictions that we're going to lose 50% of restaurants, and that just did not come to pass. And I can't even literally think of one that failed uh, during that time and it isn't coming back. It was, you know, uh, it was overstated like so many things during the pandemic. The, the doom and gloom just didn't happen. And a lot of those folks are really happy to be coming back to work. And I'm really happy to be able to walk into a restaurant without having to make a reservation, uh, sit at the bar, have my solo dining experience. And everybody's cheery because they're just happy to be back to work. Thanks, Scott. Don't forget to visit Scott's site, VitalVegas.com. It's the best in town to keep up with all the activities in and around Vegas. Have you been Portnoyed yet? Well, you should be. What does that actually mean, Neil Portnoy? Well, you know, Mona Van something. She's a psychic. Her name just slips me at the moment. At one of my networking events said, you know, you're nobody in Vegas until you've been Portnoyed. I went, ooh, I kind of like that. So we started marketing, doing those portrait caricatures, and it's really caught on. Everybody wants to be Portnoy. And what Portnoy means is you send me a photograph, and I do a realistic cartoon caricature. Realistic looks just like you. And then I cartoon the body. And you then become part of the Portnoy Wall of Honor here at Portnoy Gallery, which now, since its inception in 2017 has got over 60 members on the wall. It's the new Sardis of Las Vegas. Absolutely. Our own John, the announcer, is there. How do we get information we want to get Portnoy? Uh, you can call the gallery at 702-685-2929 or on social media, Facebook, Portnoy Gallery, artist Neil Portnoy, Neil Portnoy, idropeople.com, and probably about six other places that at my age memory is the second thing that goes. Coming up next is Sports Rock and Tours. If your local station doesn't carry it, go to Sports RACX wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Sports RACX, short for Sports Rock and Tours. And please follow both Vegas Never Sleeps and Sports Rock and Tours on all social media platforms, including Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks for listening today. This is Stephen Manji reminding you Vegas Never Sleeps. Oh, Vegas, here we go!